Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello. Oh my God. Hello. I love how I just came with my handbag and everything. Right? <laughs> I feel like Deck Pearson here. That was a nice reception. That was good. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I'm Richard Chambers, news correspondent with Virgin Media News. I'm joined as ever for our first show in a long, long time, actually. Yeah. Two months. Yeah. It's been two months, I think, hasn't it? Feels like About two months. By my fellow news correspondent, Zara King. Hello. Hello. I love that you all came. Thank you so much. <laughs> and also, to her left, our political correspondent, Gavin Riley. Yay! Come on, Gav. Yup, Gav. So, how's everybody's festival going? Really good? Hands up how many people are sunburnt. Oh! Hands up how many people are really, though, sunburnt. No, really. <laughs> You're sitting in the shade, I can still see the pink. <laughs> Hands up who's been here since Friday. There you go. Wow. But lads, Thursday. come on, like this is stunning, you know, immaculate vibes. Like, I mean, we literally trudged through the muck to get here last year. So this is stunning. Have you had a good weekend? Yeah. You ready yeah. for some news and current affairs? <laughs> Sunday afternoon, yeah. <laughs> I'm, actually, I'm actually delighted with how this has worked out um, because Jenny Keane was here and did an unbelievable packed out thing. Is she still talking here? About <laughs> She's still here? Who oh, was Jenny. here for Jenny? She was here a minute ago. Shout out to Jenny. She um, had an orgasm masterclass before we came in. Um, but yeah, we've, I've been down here for, since Friday. Um, we were saying we we're going to talk about that, some news from EP. One, one, one news story from EP that I don't know if people actually heard. And there's a rumor going around that Kanye West was down. Did anybody see Kanye West? Who where knows? Did, where did you see Kanye West? Back right. Where did you see him? Last Tuesday. He was just hanging that. around. Where are you from? Leitrim. Oh, so he was around Mohill or something, was yeah. he? Yeah. Um, but yeah, apparently he was here for Steve Lacey. And um, yeah. So he's just been doing his usual thing of hanging around Storm Cinemas in Port Arlington. Like, yeah, he's, a, he's not a stranger to these lands. Yeah. He's a Port Leash man. But um, yeah, it's been a great festival. I think there some highlights were um, Fred again last night was sensational. I'd say this sore heads. That's a very Peter Hand, McGann thing to say, actually. Hands up how many people have sore heads. Yeah. Hands up how many people really have sore heads. Okay. So there's but a lot you, of wavering. You're the They're only like, one from the three of us sore? who's been here all weekend, though. So what have you enjoyed most? Over? Yeah, um, what have you the first night? Um, Young Fathers was great in the Electric Arena, or was it Rankin's Wood? One of those two tents. The big tents. Um, Billie Eilish was great. There Woo! we go. You! Uh, Smith's cover band and Salty Dog on Friday as well. And then we went to see Johnny Marr yesterday. So two days out of three, we've had Smith's sing-alongs. Did the Smith's cover band do the Smith's better than Johnny Marr, though? Oh, he was a much better. There's a really decent Morrissey impersonator, and he's a dub, so we just call him Darcy. Yeah, so he's a good lad. But um, yeah, it's been great. That's probably one of my favorite EPs. Just weather-wise, I think just adds yeah. a lot to it. 
But anyway. I said to Richard when we got here, I was like, how are you feeling? Points the t-shirt, no problemo. Do you know what I was laughing at when I got here, actually? We were just coming through the car park. I only got here today. And there's a lad on the phone to his friends, and he's like, yeah, lad, listen, I'm after coming out to the car park here. No sign of the car. I'd say we'll never <laughs> find it. <laughs> it's the little things in logistics of Electric Picnic that, like, that, that make it for me. Like yesterday, we've been busing in and out, which is actually surprisingly easy to do. But yesterday, we... Um, we missed our bus, as one would do after Fred again. Uh, you missed the bus. We I missed the bus. Missed yeah, the bus. it left slightly early. We won't. We won't. We won't complain too much about it. But um, we were in the queue for the taxis, which was the longest and most excruciating queue of all time. And a couple of people started skipping. They booked free nows, and they sort of just went outside the barriers and like blah 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 blah. But like a few people started skipping, and it just started this raucous energy in the crowd. And one guy went all the way to the top and just was booed all the way. And he was like. <laughs> I'm skipping because if everybody's skipping me and I'm just going to keep on skipping because why can't I do it? And we're like, we're the people who've been skipped. Why are you doing it to us? And there was this group of like five women. I think they were from, lo they were locals. I think they were from Port Leash. And there's nothing like a group of strong women to put <laughs> this lad who has said his son was out building a house and would, uh, would drop him down to electric picnic but couldn't give him a lift back home. Uh, and he was just put in his place with these women and then just very much at the end, he was like, all right, uh, better get our back, go back to where I was though. <laughs> So, yeah, there's a nice sense of community Wonderful. here this year I that like hasn't it. been for a while. Like it's good. Uh, the election boundaries. Oh, man. Right. Stretch yourself. Yeah. Woo! Wow. Shout Can out I just... to my dull boundary posse. Love that. On a Sunday afternoon. I did love, did you see the Craig Hughes tweet about best of luck to all the politicians getting their yeah. new boundary? <laughs> I, I feel like that was Craig a... Hughes, absolutely a 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10 banter. 10 out of 10 good. tweet, but like yeah, Richard so Chambers good. walked that Craig Hughes could run with that tweet. because <laughs> The Leaving Cert one. The ground was only broken by the best of luck to all the politicians wishing best of luck to the Leaving Cert pupils oh, very good, template, yeah. which has been very tried good. and tested yeah. over many years. Yeah. Like any other overwrought joke, it was quickly binned. You yeah. the borough for him, though. But Gav, what is significant about, like, why should people actually, you know, who actually took time out of their festival weekends... Uh, to come and watch a podcast about news. Why should they care about what's happened with the election boundaries and, and how many TDs there are and what are not? Um, firstly, thank you for coming along at a quarter to three in the afternoon of a Sunday, uh, possibly when you're sunburnt, or possibly you if you that. were just here for Jenny earlier on and you were just kind of basically didn't have the energy to leave after that, which is totally understandable. <laughs> um, why you should care? Two reasons why you should probably care. First of all, because on a, on a long-term basis, this is going to be the new normal. That unless we actually pull the finger out and have a referendum and organize ourselves so that this doesn't keep happening. This is going to keep happening. Um, the reason why we have 14 more TDs in the next doll is because the population rose by 388,000 people in six years. And that was before, by the way, many of the people who are now living here from Ukraine, some of whom have passed on, but some of whom are gonna be making this place their home for the foreseeable future. A lot of those people came after the last census. So the population is going to keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger. We're all having more babies. We're all living longer. So that's just the way it's going to go. And we're going to be adding like 15 more TDs every five years unless somebody votes to say, actually, we should cap the numbers. Now, I don't know how all of you feel about the idea of having like 230 TDs. Does this mean there will be like a multiplicity of more Healy Rays? That there will be like, like we're sort of reaching a, he a, Healy a fourth race. and a fifth Healy Ray. We're kind of reaching Healy Ray singularity, where there, there comes a point where like three quarters of the doll will be Healy's Ray. Yeah. Uh, and I sort of feel like a referendum might be warranted to stop that horrible chilling vista. 
Sarah, did you see the... Well, um, for balance sake, that could be a wonderful thing for yeah. the society and that we would all be very <laughs> grounded. <laughs> One thing that did stick out to me, because I wasn't that interested in it, truth be told, um, was that in the electoral map and the way that they've redrawn the constituencies, yeah. so now there's a Wicklow constituency, there's a Wexford constituency, and in between the two, is Wicklow-Wexford? Or Wexford-Wicklow, is it? Wicklow? Wexford. Do you see what somebody called it, though, Zara? Ark Laurie? No. Somebody said, because we were like, that's a really confusing name. If you have Wicklow, Wicklow, Wexford, and then Wexford. Yeah, yeah. The Edge of Gory. The Edge of Gory. <laughs> the Edge of Gory. Um, <laughs> Lady Gaga gets... Uh, like, little Monsters in the Doll. Um, which is probably Bally Money, sorry, really. The, the second yeah. reason why... The, and I'll, I'll be short on this. The second reason why um, adding more TDs or, or the way in which they've added the 14 more is that if any of you in the room... Totally entitled to your own opinions, but if any of you in the room wanted a Sinn Féin-led government that didn't include one of the other two parties that's already, one of the other three parties that's already in government, chances are this is going to leave you disappointed because the way in which they've added the seats mean that any gains that Sinn Féin make could well come at the expense of the other smaller left-wing parties, the likes of uh, Social Democrats, Labour, people before profit, the sort of people that they would, in an ideal world, want to govern with. So there might have been ways in which seats could have been added that might have made a totally non-Fianna Fáil, Fine Gael government slightly more plausible, but actually because there are so many three-seat constituencies now, chances are if Sinn Féin want to be in power after the next time, they're going to have to work with one of the two larger parties that are currently there right now. People have their own opinions as to which is more likely, but basically just on a purely political perspective, if you really hate the side of the current lot, this is going to disappoint you because it's harder to turf them out this way. So it might actually end up, is this, does it make Sinn Féin, Fianna Fáil as a coalition probably more likely? And one final note on that, because everyone's going to be looking at the sums next time and how many TDs do you need to actually run the country. Um, there are so many Fianna Fáilers who would rather resign than do deals with Sinn Féin that actually you don't need 87 TDs. You probably need 90 plus. Could be looking at okay. two parties together that need 95 mm -hmm. TDs. That may or may not happen. But do you think, right, and I think this is actually a conversation we should have, you know, would rather resign than do a deal? Like, for so long, we heard Fianna Fáil and Fine Gael say they would never work together. And, like, you know what I mean? So, like, I feel like when people are looking at their, their job and looking at their future, they're kind of asking the question, yeah. like, are you really going to quit your job or are you going to maybe... I, mean, I just don't know. I feel like people say that a lot, but yeah. I'm not sure how much of that really yeah, rings true. They said they would never work with Fine Gael and they've been working together for a long time And you now. can be very cynical and say that, listen, if you're offered the opportunity of yeah. being in government or collapsing the whole thing and having to have another election, which would you rather do? Yeah. And no doubt, if Fianna Fáil have to be junior partners to Sinn Féin, A, they'll ask for a rotating Taoiseach, and B, they'll tell themselves that they're keeping manners on Sinn Féin. I so just can't even out. imagine the idea of Mio Martin like answering to Mary Lou MacDonald. <laughs> sort of like taking orders from Mary Lou. I feel like that would be... Whoa, We're through whoa. the looking glass, people. But Zara, actually, um, turn to sort of stories we've been working on over the summer. Yeah. You were away recently. Oh, yeah, I'm just back from Turkey. So I'm making a documentary, everyone. Please watch it. Um, you have an air date. Give us the air date. So it's on the 3rd of October, 9 o'clock on Virgin Media 1. It is about medical tourism, people who travel abroad for cosmetic and medical procedures. Yeah, so it's really Turkey teeth and whatnot, as they've become properly known. Yeah, now, we loosely were calling it turkey teeth in the office. Mm. <laughs> but actually, like, it's not so much about... It's a bit about teeth. It's not so much about teeth. But no, it's actually been um, really interesting in a sense that, you know... so We had heard so many headlines. You've obviously heard so many headlines about people who are uh, coming out of Turkey with difficult outcomes and... I want to say from the outset that it actually does work out for quite a lot of people. There are a lot of positive outcomes. Yeah. It does work for a lot of people. But I suppose what we wanted to look at was if it doesn't work out for you, 
where does that leave you? Where do you get answers? Is there accountability? And so uh, as part of the production process, we went to Turkey to sort of try and find that out. So um, yeah, it's been really interesting. So we were there last week um, filming for four days and we started making the documentary in January and we've had just so many different people in it telling us their personal stories. Like, it's interesting in a sense the reasons that people travel actually. Why is that? Like, what is, yeah. when it comes up to actual reasons, is it just down to a sort of a sense of self or yeah. what, what is it coming up for? It's a bit of, like, it's funny, like, I suppose it's somewhere between, we had one um, psychiatrist talking to us about kind of the prevalence of body dysmorphia now in Irish society and that actually, you know, the, the strive for perfection just comes from a place of, like, wanting to always there's always something that you want to change or there's always something that you want to improve and you're always looking at you know perfection be that on social media or, or even in your community because there's so many people traveling now that like you know you know your neighbor down the road has had some kind of work done and looks amazing and you're going well i want to you know do i would i would say the amount of that bank of ireland atm machine yeah. money that went straight into <laughs> flights to ankara in the morning Applied, yeah. yeah. I mean, maybe like I did. I, I actually saw my my cousin is like he's twenty something, and he was showing me a video that his friends were circulating of people buying loads of tellies when the Bank of Ireland ATM thing happened. Did you see that? I didn't it's see like, that. Yeah. No. Love to see the bailiffs run on coming flat around. Screen TVs. The bailiffs coming around trying to seize your forty-eight <laughs> flat screen plasma <laughs> the morning after. Um, but sorry. So I think in terms of the reasons, like another thing that was really interesting and I was quite taken aback by is that like most people that we've spoken to decided to travel for like major surgery on the basis that like the woman who does their eyebrows went so she was like yeah you should go or like just word of mouth like that they were but that's just incredibly kind of just loose and like so not loose, very solid like, word of mouth to I go would, off like, I would be so people frightened. you know from yeah. the shop like you know someone from the shop like just went so they were like yeah we'll go and I'm going to risk my life for the surgery on the uh, say so of this person I met meet once a month yeah. and the thing about it is like because it does work out for the woman in the shop or it totally. works out for like your neighbour you can kind of understand why people will be like sure why wouldn't it work for me but the truth is it doesn't work for everyone and actually you know to not make light of it it's yeah. been really really sad actually to meet some of the families that it, like have lost loved ones and who really are in all honesty still months if not years after some of these incidents like chasing answers and not getting any accountability and so like it's actually there's two very different sides to the yeah. to the turkey teeth or whatever you want to call it story because you really do have people who it works out for it, but when it doesn't, it can go really badly wrong. So anyway, it's coming out in October. We're still filming it, so we're nearly finished it now. And um, yeah, it's been, do you know what? It's been just so fascinating. I cannot get over, like hands up here if you know somebody who's been abroad for any kind of a procedure. Lads, honestly, look around. Like that's, that is, I, before I started this, I didn't know that there were so many people going. And it was one of the days in the canteen at work, I was talking to someone and she was like, oh yeah, like Mary over the road's been. And yeah, so and yeah, so yeah. I remember talking to her about this. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And like while we were over there, we met a woman who, you know, she was going because loads of people at work had gone. And, and like, look, as well, there's a whole other conversation in the documentary just about a kind of affordability as well and like the system in Ireland and how, you know, for example, in Ireland, people who go for bariatric surgery have to wait four years. That's a four-year waiting list if you want to have major surgery to change your life and, you know, kind of move forward. And, you know, you can understand why maybe people would think, well, I, I just don't have four years to wait or, you know, I, I've been trapped as it is. So, like, there's a lot of that as well and just kind of the yeah. cost factor and everything. So, anyway, I think, I hope you're going to enjoy it. Um, it's been really fun to make it there. Yeah, it sounds it. really interesting. Like, yeah. one, one more thing just before we move off, because yeah. you, you noted it down in our notes for it, is that, um, that there, you, is there almost... Would you say the balance of people who go over, is it more male than female? Because it's like been this, you, you look at sort of things like yeah. the hair transplants, 
or implants and then teeth as well as then you know Brotox is sort of called now oh, which Brotox, is incredible yeah. branding I must yes, say yeah, yeah, the Brotox, Brotox. Yeah. like but, that's a little bit different in the sense that I suppose like a lot of men can get that like Brotox done back home in Ireland but yeah no I think it's that's what I'm saying it's not just a predominantly female thing yeah. that's what I'm saying it's actually not um, you know it's really like from my assessment maybe not 50-50 but there's a huge amount of men travelling as well because like on my flight home from Turkey there was a lot of men who had had hair transplants and things like that well actually I was going to ask everyone who, who said that they know somebody who's been for the treatment put your hands back up again and keep your hands up if the person that you know was male yeah that's like almost everybody I think that's actually, actually yeah. pretty much everyone Wow. Everyone actually, yeah. So yeah. This is good. This is good research for my documentary. There we go. Thank you everybody for contributing to the documentary. I'm going to get a graphic done up on those figures. Now. <laughs> That's science, is in what that Ross, is. Ross, email in the graphics department with those numbers, will you? In invoice. Everybody, science. invoice for Media this, Television this for that. Yeah. Like, this seems like a good assessment. Um, yeah. To move on, I mean, the, the story which has gone on the longest over the summer, and it's when we put up. Instagram story boxes about what should we talk about. Yeah. The vast majority of people, and I thought this was actually going to be something which would wear off, is that people want to talk about what happened in RTE. Still going. Um, do you know what it actually what reminded me of it there recently? Because it was kind of, it's gone, it goes in sort of roller coasters, up and ups and downs, and sort of goes away for a couple of weeks. Is um, that, uh, I, I mentioned earlier, Peter McGann did that sketch there, the Tony Brady Jungle Bungo Crash for Kids thing. <laughs> and he said, like, he got, he was, being this guy who runs a crash, and his dad texts him saying he was related to this other Tony Brady who abducted his own children. Um, and that was. And who amongst us wouldn't do that if faced with the loss of their own children? But but for so many people. No did you see? You saw the Peter McGann video, did you? I, I no. hope people have seen that because Watch it. It's so brilliant. Otherwise, Watch what it. are we talking about? Otherwise, that was yeah. It was just a, it was a cultural reference. Um, <laughs> but the thing is, the people in RT were just learning about things, having defended what happened, they were like, well, this is all done. We've drawn a line under that. And then more things would come out and they'd have to force to correct themselves. But Zara, I mean, we, what, did, we talk about, did we talk about tubs for the Oris when we were here at this stage last year, did we? <laughs> it, wasn't la it wasn't here, but we did. Like, so we privately in our WhatsApp group have been saying that we thought Brian Tuberty would run for the Oris for a couple of years now. <laughs> We, <laughs> and we, have, we have publicly, we've started yeah, we that rumour. We said it a couple of months that. ago. That was our Patrick's Day episode because I yeah, was did, away yeah. with the Taoiseach and I had to leave the episode early and it yeah. was while I was gone that Listen, the two of you like guys fleshed still, out our theory. He still might, like, you know what I mean? Could that man imagine, is still running for president. Could you imagine yeah. Ryan Tuberty and Bertie O'Hearn running for president? I mean, it's already... Come on, like it would be the news. Like, he totally is. Gavin, it would fill the papers for weeks. I'm telling you, it could be great. But it like when he's great. when he's still doing his national addresses via Instagram and he's like doing his like, hello, children of Ireland. Yeah. It's me, your old friendly Uncle Ryan. The you know, the the toy man. The toy man. Because that's his personal branding name. Did you just slip into man. an impersonation there? No. Yeah, right. <laughs> do it. I do impressions Richard all the time. Richard but he won't do it now. I won't do it. I'm not doing impressions. Yeah. I can't okay, do but it. no, no, sorry. So what were you going to ask me there? But the no, about his, his, his prospects. Because, yeah. I mean, he had, when he came down off the Late Late Show and he finished his run, yeah. there was such an outpouring of, this guy's incredible. Look what he's done. Even, I mean, you can't fault what he's done with the toy show has completely, like, extended its legacy, all that sort of stuff. And he's really beloved broadcaster. And people were saying, well, he might run for the Oris. He might make this amount of documentaries and all. And all of that is now gone from RTE for the time being. And it's just been interesting to see who has the companies who have, like, visibly and publicly linked themselves to Ryan Tuberty, possibly for a little bit of promotion of themselves, like GB News. And Classic Hits. And Classic Hits as well. The Classic Hits one was very good. I was, like, very clever at a Classic Hits. Yeah, I was like... I'm never going to work there, like, but that was really good. But what... what, what Imagine, do you... like, Niall Boylan handing over to Ryan Tuberty. Like, like, 
That would be a I think it would be astonishing, actually. Yeah. I, I, I would be here for that. I Are you asking me where do I think he's going to work what should he? What, sh what should he do and what will he do? Um, God, I don't know. It's a good question. I mean, obviously, I think he's kind of... Uh, He's gonna have to sit still for a little while, I think, and let the dust settle again. I thought the dust had kind of settled, and then it didn't again. I don't know, to be honest. I still think he'll run for the Oris. I'm not joking. I yeah, I still 100% believe that. Absolutely, because you know what, right? The Oris is the dirtiest political fight in this country, isn't it? Like every time that I actually hate the presidential election because it is so. Sometimes I'm reading the paper and I'm reading things about people that I don't actually don't even want to know. I'm like, this is like it's, it gets really personal and gets really grubby, and I kind of feel like there's nothing left. Well, like Brian Tuberty's <laughs> done the dirty laundry. I'm like, go for the Oris. He's got a clear. I have never there. grinned so hard at the idea of there saying you, you're just saying this gets awful and everybody throws all the muck in the world and I'm like, I am here for it. No, Bring I'm, it on. I'm here for it sometimes, but sometimes I'm like, no, ah, no, yes. Like, a line, a line, line can be crossed. Yeah, but Richard, Richard, clearing, I Richard think is clearing his diary for September and October 2025 because it's going to be such good fun. So, so the word I heard from people in um, Team Tubs, if you want to put it that way, okay. to, to, to TT. Um, were you on the phone to Noah Kelly, Richard? Or, uh, <laughs> I, 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 I've been wor working, the, working the landlines is what I've been doing. Um, there is work, like apparently he is working on his own podcast. And his management company, um, Noah Kelly Management, um, is uh, very good at put, putting away a, podca a, po a podcast. It has its own, basically, its own podcast studios. So I think that's the interim plan. Um, a podcast on what? Because if people would sort of go, oh, he'll do his own thing of it, it'll be like, oh, profile interviews or books. So are we, we're oh. now coming up with ideas for his podcast, right? Well, what I would say is, right? I think you should get two of his I mates and have really a weekly liked, discussion on all I these I actually kind of liked the half nine interview on the show. It was a bit of a chit chat. I feel like he could do that kind hold of thing. Hold on, hold on. Okay. I've just realized there's a, there's a spare seat on this very <laughs> sofa. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the show. <laughs> <laughs> uh, friend of the podcast, though, he has listened, apparently. So, yeah. I, I think we have this idea that Ryan Tuberty needs to find another broadcasting job or keep himself in the public eye in some kind of traditional way if he still wants to salvage the idea of running for the Oris in two years' time. Like, I don't think he needs to do that at all. He's got 247,000 followers on, on the Instagram. Gram. He can manufacture his own little sort of national platform. Like, Instagram can basically become Sorry, you want, do you want sorry is that how we judge doing? people there? Are we yeah. getting at Ryan to do spawn con on no, Instagram? Uh, what I'm saying is years. that it, it will become his truth social where he doesn't need to be on the airwaves every day, where he can just say whatever it is, and he's got an enormous audience. But like bringing collabs and discount codes to the girlos midweek, like what? <laughs> maybe Tuberty could be good at that, I and maybe he listen, could. I don't know. What do you think he's going to do? Uh, I think he's going to do the podcasting in the in the okay. meantime. Yeah, I okay. think he'll be back somewhere, maybe in the radio sector, um, within time. I don't think we've seen the last of him. You've not heard the last from me, is what he's saying as he shakes his fist in the air at, at RTE. But RTE and what RTE does next is probably the most I interesting thing for me. That's probably the most important. Uh, one thing I want to talk about, actually, just in terms of the stories we talked about this year, because uh, it's, it's where we actually all get to work on the same story. One of them was the Joe Biden visit, yeah. uh, which you, you had a great time with, Sarah. <laughs> Yeah, um, these things are never as glamorous as anyone ever thinks they are. They're absolutely excruciating most of the time. I know, um, we did the podcast when Joe Biden was here, and I did the podcast live from the back of a bus, literally sitting on the back of a coach um, at Dublin Airport waiting for Joe Biden to arrive, and then we just stood in the lashings of rain, got absolutely soaked for one shot of him, and that was kind of it. But no, it was really good. I mean, I was in Mayo for the whole kind of big shindig, and like that was pretty incredible, actually, just even to see the kind of arrival and just the buzz of it. But you did the podcast from a press center. I was in Dundalk in DKIT, uh, yeah. um, and it was very interesting. The whole the whole trip. So 
I don't want to sound like it's the media griping and moaning, but like basically, the way that the press the press trip worked for Joe Biden is that all of the White House press corps, like your CNNs, your APs, Fox News, and all that sort of stuff, they got shipped in. There was like nine or ten of them in an exclusive sort of like velvet rope area. They got looked after all very well, and the rest of us, the Irish press corps, got nothing. Absolutely nothing. Would not see him from across the road, basically. Like you know, actually, they normally give you a packed lunch. You can get a packed lunch. On how was how was the catering in DKIT? Well, every every single place. Literally the whole way through, all all that we were fed for the whole way was literally boxes of dairy milk and potato crisps. Literally, not exaggeration, because in Dublin Castle, exactly the same. That all of the American press, who at least weren't in his bubble, who got to go literally everywhere with him, the entirety of the American press, your CNNs, your Fox Newses your APs, your New York Times, the entirety of the Irish cuisine that they got to discover was dairy milk and, tato. But and you know, cheese and onion tato. Do you know what I would say about the visit, right? Just to kind of take a more like broad look at it, right? It was interesting when you were down in, um, when we were down in Mayo and the crowds came out and it was just, you know, like absolutely incredible and they flew down over the river and he arrived to this huge fanfare and like one of the American journalists just turned to me and they were like, it would be great if you could get this crowd in America. <laughs> they were like, he's getting more of a crowd in Mayo than he was getting back home. And they were just kind of like, you know, this is just not how it works back in the States. Uh, the, highlight, the highlight of the trip for me was when he went to, to Family House in the Phoenix Park to meet um, Leo Varadkar. And they put on a demonstration of Gaelic Games for him because he's, he's really taken up this Mail for Sam, I love Gaelic Games thing. Uh, he doesn't really carry it off very convincingly, I would say, critically of, of Joe Biden in terms of his knowledge of the game. But they had um, two local GA clubs from Castleknock uh, playing camogie. Uh, so basically, I think they were like under 10s, under 12s, really young girls who were poking the ball around at the, at the back. Everybody was wowed by it. It was amazing. And there's actually one of the guys who I knew, because we used to live in Castleknock. We lived over the wall there, yeah. This is this guy who I actually know, who used to see me when I started running around Castleknock. He's following me and messaged me, slagging me off and shit. He didn't follow you while you were literally. <laughs> but his daughter, his daughter was the girl. I don't know if people saw it. There was was that a, one of our neighbors, was it? He, no, it was not. Oh, it wasn't okay. close. But, it was, but he basically put the, his daughter poked the ball that uh, flew right over Joe Biden's shoulder. <laughs> uh, and she has now been nicknamed, even though I'm pretty sure she probably doesn't understand this, Lee Hurley Oswald uh, <laughs> for the assassination <laughs> attempt, which is a beautiful thing. That's you got to so teach cool. the kids. That's stunning. If you're going to assassinate a U.S. president, you, you do it the good Gaelic Games way. Do it adorably. Um, on the head with his <laughs> but what, I mean, we're looking into next year is, a, is, a, is an election year in the, in the States. And I know you were recently as well. You were in Doombeg, Dara. Doombeg for uh, Donald Trump, weren't oh, you? Yeah. So, yeah, it's funny. Like, so, Doombeg, like, so coming face to face with Donald Trump and actually meeting Donald Trump is just... Because sometimes when you meet people that have a persona in the media, they can be actually kind of different when you meet them. But actually... Donald Trump is just the exact same. Just the exact same. I remember coming home and saying to you guys, I was like, yeah, no, he's actually still just a bit ick, like, isn't he? He's just a bit ick, like, isn't he? So he, like, one of the mornings he came out onto the golf course and we were waiting as the media. And I'd say, like, the split was, like, 50-50 male-female journalists, like, standing around waiting for him to tee off or whatever. They're all just standing there. He just comes out and he goes, morning, fellas. <laughs> Me and the girls were like, sound, yes, great, yeah. Thanks for that. Morning. But he just went off on an absolute tangent at the time he was involved in that case in the States where he was accused of, of um, he was accused of raping that lady and sexually yeah. assaulting a lady and all that was going on. He just went on this massive tangent. Like, it's interesting what I would say about him from like, having that kind of interaction because when we went to Doombeg, we actually had like, quite a lot of access to, to Donald Trump. I was quite surprised actually because 
you know, like he'd be in the bar or the restaurant having food and we were, we were able to actually just be kind of around and like throw questions at him and stuff, even though it really irritated and annoyed a lot of the Donald Trump super fans who traveled down there to be there. And like a lot of the These are Irish Trump fans. Irish yeah. Trump fans who would come up and be like, leave him alone. Like, why? And I'm like, I'm just asking him a question because it's very much my job. But like, and they'd be like, just leave him alone. Like, they were very protective of him. Um, but yeah, you were able to ask him like whatever, a lot of questions. But I would say from that like day or two, that, that small insight into like his camp, for want of a better phrase, like he is surrounded by yes people who tell him he's amazing yeah. all the time. Like, like it's just, and that's, but that's, so in some ways actually it explains a lot of his like, his mindset because he's surrounded by people who are constantly telling him that he is right, that people love you. Like there's nobody from where I was standing telling him actually like you need to get a grip here. Like it's he's just surrounded by yes people. Well, I mean, you have a pretty good insight, Richard, of what Donald Trump supporters are like. Are like the, yeah. the time that you spent there in the advance of the midterms last year and your, your memorable visit to Ave Maria. They are, they are my people um, is what they are. Um, so I was at a, a big Trump rally on his comeback trail uh, in the state of Pennsylvania. Uh, it's about about an hour outside Pittsburgh, and um, huge monster rally. And this is all, all of the charges are currently being wheeled out against him, whether that's hiding secret documents, trying to overturn the democracy, which he was the president of, uh, libeling people, sexually assaulting people, all these things. And literally every single flag in the place is Trump witch hunt, Trump won, Trump 2024. But the funniest thing was, so... We got there, and we had done this series. It was around the time of the, the midterm elections, which was basically meant to be like his, you know, the start of his reascent to power. And we were there. It's basically, the, 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 the rally was held in a place called the Arnold Palmer Mini Airport. It's basically named after a golfer, but so it's out in the middle of nowhere. It's actually an Amish country. So there was like little Amish buggies up and down the place all the way through it. And I was like, this is never, never felt further from home until <laughs> we uh, literally went in myself and um, my cameraman, uh, Owen Kelly, and we were waiting around, we, got our, we were trying to get our accreditation. They did not want us to let us in, even though we registered, because they were like, we don't know who the international press are, we don't know if you're Trump-friendly or Trump-negative, so it's just safer to keep you out there. Um, so we, while we were going around, we were just sort of interviewing Trump supporters about you know, what they think about their friend, uh, and what he's going to do for the country, and all that sort of stuff. And all I hear is, all right. And it's like this really gruff Dublin accent. And I look around, and there's this basically Trump Santa Claus of a man, He's basically got this big red, big long beard. He has a baseball cap. He's wearing a full stars and stripes onesie. Uh, and he's like, uh, he, looks, he looks a bit like Tom, Tom Hanks in Castaway or Forrest, his Forrest Gump like, when he's running for Ages and Ages. Like Ages. Alas in the 94 World Cup for soccer fans of a certain vintage, if that rings a bell. But the thing was, so he, he, I, I turned around and I was like, what? what, what where did you, you get that accent from? And he's like, my name's Mark. I'm from Ballantyre. Uh And I was like, have you been over here for long, sir? Are you just here on holidays? Is this something you just do? How did you end up here, Mark? Yeah, he's he been, was a stag. But he's been here for, for 20 years or whatever. But um, he just, yeah, it was a stag party that got out of hand. And he just kept on going. <laughs> he was like, there. I'm with it now. I like this. I like the vibe. Um, but he'd been there for like 20 years. And what actually happened to him, and this is something interesting, which I actually love exploring about how conspiracy theories take on people. Yeah. Um, he was a regular at Burning Man, the festival at Burning Man, you know, in... He's in the California desert, isn't it, it? They're actually having a bit of a crisis of Burning Man at the moment now, and anyway, like, people can't get out of it. Cause it's oh, really? Like, it's flooded, very sad. So are we lucky we're not flooded here? For a change. So, yeah, but yeah. so like last year's electric picnic. So yeah. he, he was on the party scene in, 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 in um, Bearded Man for... Uh, a Burning Man, sorry, for a long time. He is a Bearded Man, but he's a Burning Man too. <laughs> um, he got into it there. He started getting into what is the world, why is it controlled. He got into the Illuminati thing, which a lot of people would have experimented with on YouTube back in the day. 
But that's how it all happened for him. And now he's just died in the wool. Do people know what QAnon is? So QAnon is this big conspiracy, people who don't know, which says that the world is run by satanic pedophiles uh, and that Donald Trump and, I don't know how to explain this, JFK Jr., who is dead, uh, are part of a crack team of good, good doers. And uh, Princess Diana as well, by the way. So Princess Diana is, is alive, apparently, so and it's going to help Diana us. Princess Diana is on Team Trump yes. versus the other team, which is Obama, Hillary Clinton, and George Soros. Yes. And they're leading a worldwide cabal of pedophile blood drinkers. Yes. And that Donald Trump is here to overthrow them and save humanity. Yes. That's it. So, but like, but it, it just, the, the thing is, it's just been this slide from people um, who are just... You an explainer. You didn't know you needed it. There you go. <laughs> Princess Diana. I didn't know that bit. Uh, but yeah, it, just, it was just this really interesting thing. And like, it's, it's kind of funny when you look at it on face value. But Mark is a lad who, uh, just from chatting to you for some time, has a family from Dublin, from Ballantyre, who he basically, you know, has now completely separated from. His mom and dad don't talk to him. His wife and kids left him, all that sort of stuff. It was just this really, really horrible situation. And that is what's actually happening on such a really grand scale. That's a very, like, visible, very, very colorful, like, demonstration of what's happening with conspiracy theories and sort of this mad paranoia with social media and Twitter is pumping out there. But, but it's, what, it's it happening is. everywhere at this point. Though. I would say so. And actually, it's interesting because there's probably people sitting in here today who can think of, like, someone you used to go to school with who's gone a little bit like that or, you know, is kind of starting to, you know, buy into certain things that maybe, you know, they just never would have before. And I think that it's, I don't know, is that a symptom of sort of like a post-pandemic era that people are more vulnerable or susceptible to it? But... September the 13th, we are back on uh, TV and the podcast will be out the next morning as usual. We're on a new channel of Virgin Media One. Yes, Virgin Media One. We've been promoted. Uh, but thank you. To work now. thank you so much to everybody who came. Uh, if you came last year and this year, it really is absolutely a, a privilege to be able to do this uh, with two really good friends and uh, be able to sort of just take questions on and sort of, you know, bring, I think, a human element sometimes to the news and be approachable. So please keep questions coming about things that you want us to cover. I know a lot of people want us to do more on climate. That's a big focus for us this next year. Uh, and for the rest of it, what, what are you doing for the rest of the day, Gav? Uh, I might hang around to see Three Castles Burning with Zolan Fallon, who's on the stage right after this show. Very good. <laughs> Sarah? Uh, I might stay for the killers now. We'll see how we're fixed. I might stay for the killers, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jamie XX for me and then we're getting the bus home it's actually funnily enough one of the last festivals I actually worked at before Virgin Media was <laughs> Electric Picnic and it's actually funny I mentioned missing the bus uh, earlier on because actually what happened was oh. uh, for much like it was a, one of those classic EPs where it was pitch dark thunder and rain I don't know I think it was 2018 2017 or 2018 and, it could uh, have been any year it's always thunder and rain yeah. like missed the bus home and um one of the people who used to work in News Talk at the time, he won't mind me telling the story, uh, was Kevin Kilban. Former Republic of Ireland International Kevin Kilban. And, uh, Just pick that name up off the floor there. <laughs> no, no, no. This is like, it was basically like he found a couple of us who were walking around absolutely like, just as if we had come from Monsoon, just in the rave in the woods, he found yeah. us and brought us to his, uh, he was pitched up in a hotel uh, outside Port Leash. I think it was the, the Premier Inn. <laughs> and we slept, slept on his floor, and I just woke up the next morning, and I was just like, and I just hear this Lanc his Kevin Kilban, very Lancashire accent. He's yeah, like, yeah. he said, do you want toast or cornflakes? <laughs> and I was just like, what happened last night to what bring happened? me to this point? <laughs> it was a weirdly weird dream, uh, but it actually happened. But no, guys, thank you so much thank for coming so much. out today. I hope you, you all find your cars in the car park. <laughs> Enjoy the rest of your festival. We've been the group chat. Thank, thank you so you. much. Thank you, everyone. Bye. Thank you.